brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Michelle Thompson. Michelle is the Director, Head of Partnerships and Brands at The Power of Nutrition. Prior to joining The Power of Nutrition, Michelle had enjoyed a long and extensive career in finance. She worked for a number of large institutions, including UBS and the Royal Bank of Scotland. Today, during our conversation, Michelle takes us on a journey of just why nutrition and the lack of it is still such a global challenge and makes the case for why businesses should really get involved to make a change. So, Michelle, welcome. Hi, Katie, and thank you for inviting me to speak today uh, to Business Fights Poverty. So, Michelle, would you mind introducing yourself and the power of nutrition? My role at the power of nutrition is the director and head of partnerships and brands. I've been with the power of nutrition since October 2015, shortly after it was first established. And the power of nutrition is a unique platform committed to banishing undernutrition through partnerships and an innovative finance model that quadruples philanthropy and makes nutrition resources go further than any organisation could achieve alone. We're celebrating our fifth anniversary this year. And since being founded in 2015 by DFID and the Children's Investment Fund Foundation, we've convened over 20 strategic partnerships with investors. They include Unilever, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Comic Relief in both the UK and the USA, DSM, and a number of others. We've also worked with a number of implementing organisations, including the World Bank, UNICEF, Save the Children, World Vision, and working side by side with governments such as DFAT in Australia and over 10 national recipient governments in order to mobilise almost $500 million of investments in nutrition. We've established 14 nutrition programmes in Africa and Asia. We have enabled over 38 million mothers and children access vital nutrition services. And during these uncertain times, the power of nutrition is calling for collective action and investment in nutrition as a foundational intervention. We believe it's more important now than ever. So, Michelle, after so many decades of, well, arguably the world working on malnutrition and undernutrition, I mean, I remember seeing ads on this about the Ethiopian crisis back in the 80s. Why is hunger still an issue? Why does the power of nutrition still need to exist? Undernutrition levels remain stubbornly high and will likely increase following the COVID-19 pandemic. Undernutrition is one of the most pressing yet underfunded issues in the world. Global stunting prevalence in the under fives is 21.3% and global wasting prevalence in the under fives is 6.9%. Almost 150 million children under five still suffer from stunting. The highest burdens remain in sub-Saharan Africa and Southeast Asia. And if we look at deaths from wasting in children under five in 2019, it was 875,000. That's almost one million children under five dying. Deaths from pneumonia in children under five in 2017, which is the most recent data that I'm sharing with you, was at 808,694. That's almost 1 million children. We can attribute over 50% of this number 
as being directly linked to undernutrition and wasting. The cycle of undernutrition continues to prevail. 40% of pregnant women are anemic, increasing the likelihood of their child being undernourished. Despite these staggering numbers, less than 1% of ODA, whose official development assistance, goes to nutrition-specific interventions. And I can only stress that the next few years are a critical period for fundraising and outreach for the nutrition community, with global nutrition goals looming and the development community struggling to meet targets, especially seeing the impact of COVID-19 on global aid and nutrition specifically. We are calling for increased focus on funding nutrition. We seek to mobilise funds and partnerships through the Power of Nutrition's innovative model to accelerate progress and make a significant impact on the number of stunted and undernourished children. And Michelle, picking up on that piece around COVID, I mean, those stats before COVID were pretty horrific. What do you think is the impact of COVID-19 and how will that really affect sort of nutrition in our global population? COVID-19 is only exacerbating the issue. People are now unwilling or unable to go to clinics and hospitals. When they do, they're less likely to have access to basic supplements and medicines. We expect to see a significant increase in rates of anemia and decrease of vitamin A and other key services uptake. This will mean that less healthy pregnancies and a higher risk of babies born with low birth weight, stunting or growth issues. The coronavirus has shocked the global economy, raising concerns for social sector funding. The IMF suggests that the world economy may experience a global recession worse than the 2007 to 2009 global financial crisis, where global growth in 2020 is projected to fall minus 3%. The country governments, the forecasted economic slowdown in lower and middle income countries, paired with increasing domestic health financing needs for COVID-19 response efforts, all point toward lower fiscal capacity to allocate resources to nutrition. Sub-Saharan Africa has been significantly impacted by COVID-19, with economic growth forecasted to fall sharply in 2020, leading to the first recession within the region in over 25 years. The World Food Programme are suggesting that acute hunger levels are likely to double by the end of 2020, affecting 265 million people worldwide. The Financial Times is suggesting that every percentage drop in global GDP is estimated to cause 700,000 more children to be stunted. This is why we need not to lose focus and keep nutrition high on the international community agenda, especially during these uncertain times. So frightening to think so many people going to bed hungry at night and, and children in particular. Um, Michelle, is there a way to rebuild better? I mean, what would it take to come back from this crisis and find ourselves in a world where there isn't hunger? During these uncertain times, the power of nutrition is advocating for investment in nutrition and the strengthening of health systems. We believe it's more important now than ever to help rebuild better. We know that it yields tremendous returns. Every $1 invested in nutrition translates to $16 in health and productivity benefits. And it's really not about looking back and building back better, a phrase we hear all the time now. On a recent webinar we hosted with guest speaker David Navarro, Special Envoy of the WHO, Director General on COVID-19, David stressed how our response to COVID-19 and the nutrition crisis looming ahead would be forward thinking. I agree with David in that we really need to think creatively about new and innovative models and approaches to respond to the nutrition crisis. We need to build on proven, long-established interventions and yet move away from traditional aid structures. Our model has proven to be innovative and successful. 
And Michelle, we're particularly with Business Fights Poverty <laughs> as a podcast and an organisation. How do you see business being able to help be part of this solution? Well, good nutrition should be everyone's business. There is so much to gain for companies that lead the fight against undernutrition. The private sector brings unique expertise, resource and incentives that can prevent and tackle undernutrition and can help attract other investors to the cause. Our innovative match funding model calls for funding from non-traditional private sector sources to unlock public sector finances at scale. The private sector can play an important role through having good nutrition, ending malnutrition and supporting workforce nutrition firmly at the top of the corporate agenda. Contributing to improving nutrition outcomes from a corporate responsibility and purpose standpoint, and importantly, through the philanthropic approach, by investing for nutrition in the wider community to support the next generation. The food and beverage sectors have an important role to play in investing in the production of new products or improve the nutritional value of existing ones, advocating to governments for policy changes and increased prioritisation of nutrition would also be most welcome. Supporting local economies by sourcing food from small-scale producers. Also improving workplace nutrition policies, such as increasing the length of maternity leave and provision of nutrition education. Of course, all sectors are impacted by undernutrition, so we believe that all companies, even beyond the food industry, can play a key role in being part of the solution. And if we look at how investments in undernutrition can benefit the private sector, because of course they need to be incentivized too, we have to think about how stunted children grow up to be stunted adults, hence leading to a stunted workforce. This is another reason why investing in nutrition for the wider community will improve workplace productivity. As we know, undernutrition and specifically stunting not only has negative effect on the physical development of a child, but also impairs the cognitive development. This has negative effects on education and ultimately productivity. Businesses have the opportunity to invest in the health and nutrition of their current and future workforce by investing in large-scale nutrition interventions for the wider community. By developing new markets, the consumer demand for nutritious food is growing. The International Finance Corporation estimates that the 4.5 billion people at the base of the economic period spend $2.3 trillion a year on food and beverages. If I give you an example of um, an existing private sector commitment that we have, I can point to Unilever, where we have a strategic partnership, which is to promote hand washing with soap through the Lifebuoy brand. The programme uses mobile technology to reach women and children in hard to reach rural communities in India. Ambition is to emphasise the benefits of hand washing with soap and importantly, combine this communication with other critical nutrition messaging. Developing new markets. Consumer demand for nutritious food is growing. The International Finance Corporation estimates that the 4.5 billion at the base of the economic pyramid spend 2.3 trillion a year on food and beverages. I'd really like to point to an example of a corporate relationship that we have, um, which I think typifies where the private sector adds enormous value. And that's an, an arrangement we have with Unilever, which is a strategic partnership promote hand-washing with soap through the Lifebuoy brand. The programme will use mobile technology to reach women and children in hard-to-reach rural communities in India to emphasise the benefits of hand-washing with soap and, importantly, combine this communication with other critical nutrition messaging. And Michelle, my final question today, for anyone who's listening to this podcast, what would be your call to action? 
We can't reach SDG 2 or tackle COVID-19 without the private sector playing a leading role. So to all of those in the committed and powerful Business Rights Poverty Network, contact us if you want to protect people's nutrition in the face of the pandemic. In light of COVID-19, our mission is now more critical than ever. Good nutrition leads to stronger immune systems, making people more resilient to diseases and pandemics such as COVID-19. The power of nutrition is using our match funding model, nutrition expertise, and network of implementing partners, local governments, and investors to coordinate a multi-systems response to COVID-19, which is grounded in nutrition. Well, Michelle Thompson, thank you very much for sharing those important statistics and insights and, and potentially solutions with us today. Um, for anybody listening to this podcast, I'll make sure that those contacts and links are popped into the words and notes that sit alongside the podcast. Michelle, thank you very much. Thank you, Katie. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 